You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. This is Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, here's your boy Q. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, 6640 North Durango. That is the location as we kick off hour number two of the show. We're at a different Buffalo Wild Wings each and every Friday. We encourage you to come on by and get hooked up. We got tickets. We got T-shirts, jerseys, cups, koozies, everything that you can imagine we have here for you. And I already had a lot of people stop by and say what's up, and we definitely appreciate that. My man Jared is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He's efforting Dan Duggan from The Athletic to uh, talk all things G-Man, give us our final little uh, you know, thoughts on, on what the Giants are as a team as they come into Allegiant Stadium on, uh, on Sunday, coming off a tough loss. That's where we'll start. We'll start with the tough loss that they had against the Jets in overtime last week. But uh, before we get to Dan, as uh, again, Jared, you give me the thumbs up when he's on the line. Let's go ahead and go out to Australia. Let's go down under. Let's talk to our guy, Cam. Whoa, Cam. What's up, Cam? Hey, Q. How are you, bro? I'm fantastic, my man. How are you doing? I bet you are. It's your birthday, mate. You're <laughs> catching up to me. Well yes, done. sir. I, uh, I just hope you have a great day. And uh, I, first of all, I want to say thanks. I really do appreciate everything you do for the nation, uh, especially for little old me down here and little old <laughs> Aussie that doesn't get to talk football to anyone. <laughs> so I just love it every day just getting on and listen, being able to listen I've been trying to get a hold of you for the last three days it's amazing what a difference no Josh McDaniels makes to the organisation <laughs> yep. it's an absolute beauty it's great it's so good to hear everyone's enthusiasm and everything like that it really is great I was with you I wasn't over, over the moon with the hire but I thought you know what it's a footy team We'll give him a go, and if he comes back with something good, it's been a win. He didn't, he's gone, and we move on. Let's just go forward. Yep. Now, I think Antonio Pierce is going to have a, a really big impact on the team. I don't compare it to Rich, but it's similar, and I think it's a good idea that we don't have a coordinator as a coach. I really, really yeah. do. I think our football team, more than anyone, needs... To know what the light, what the, the the shield means, what the team means, what the club is, the whole enchilada, and then have two good coordinators. And I think Patrick Graham has really improved. I think he's making leaps and bounds with that defence. Uh, I know we've got a couple of injuries this weekend, but I think we'll do all right. I'm a bit upset that Darren Waller's not playing because it would have been good to. Uh, see the old Waller boys because I still rate him hugely, mate. He did a yep. lot for the, the uh, for, for Las Vegas and for underprivileged kids and everything else. So I rate him a bit, and uh, I'll leave it there because I know you're waiting to talk to someone. So I just want to say, have a great weekend, enjoy your birthday, mate, and uh, I love you. Hey Good man, Cobber. Hey, thank you so much, man. That's Cam. Woo, Cam. Cam calling us from down under. Definitely appreciate it. It's always great to hear from you. This is Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Again, we're efforting Dan Duggan from The Athletic. Got to make sure we get a hold of him. Jared, go ahead and let me know when he is on the line. Let's go ahead and get one more quick call. Raider X, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, guys, this is what I expect. I expect we're kind of going to roll back what we anticipated going into the season, that they're going to know the playbook and they're going to play free on both sides of the ball. 
I mean, I, I, I do think that they had some coaching going on, but I just think that they were restricted and they really didn't have the time to go out there and enjoy the toys and go out there and have some fun or run free. I think that the, the, the passion, the energy, and the, and, and the fierceness is going to come out of that defense because you've seen them trending up. Yeah. And, you know, I, I beg to differ. Anybody to challenge, you know, the Raiders' offense, you know, you're looking at Jacobs, either Devontae, Hunter, and Jacoby Myers, and then you got, you know, Trey Tucker coming up. I mean, you got Mayer coming up. I mean, come on. I mean, those four or five guys, put them against any other offense, and you play free and you play fun and you play fast and unpredictable. Unpredictable. Because I'm saying that playbook was getting to be very, very predictable. But these guys know it, and they're going to be calling with a different caller, unpredictable. So all that film that they have before, good luck. Because I think this is going to be a whole new swagger coming at you, and I am very excited. I think you're going to be playing beyond the whistle. Don't get played with the whistle. They're going to be playing beyond that whistle. I'm so excited because I think that they're going to have that fire, and they're going to play like they back in the backyard playing that on that in that sand lot. Have fun, man. The Raiders are going to kick some, some rear. Go nice. Raiders. I like it. I like it. Raider X right there. Good call, man. Good stuff. I appreciate you again. Another fired up call. Another excited pl- uh, person calling in, uh, sharing his thoughts on the silver and black. So I'm fired up about that as well. Uh, it's infectious, man. You can feel it. So Antonio Pierce has done a lot of good things, including energize the fan base. So again, I throw the question out there. 69187, keyword R&R. What are your expectations? Uh, what are your kind of path to victory for the Raiders? What do you think is going to happen? You know, who are you most excited for coming up? on Sunday. Join us now on the phone lines from The Athletic is our guy Dan Duggan. And Dan, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I definitely appreciate you. And let's start off with the G-Men losing to the Jets. They're 2-6 uh, and six now on the season, and they lost to the Jets in overtime. How much does this team feel like that that was one that really just got away from them? Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, it was they literally just like gave that game away. If you go back, I mean, it was, a, it was an ugly game that kind of sets football back, at least, you know, modern passing football back. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, all those ESPN does the win probabilities. I think it was 99.7% for them to win wow. uh, with 28 seconds to go. They miss a field goal. The Jets hit with no timeouts left now. The Jets in 24 seconds hit a long pass, and the, stop, the clock stopped because of an offside penalty. They hit another long pass, spike the ball, kick the field goal to tie it, then go on and win in overtime. So, yeah, I mean, they absolutely gave one away. Uh, just really like a crushing loss. I mean, the, the season's already kind of on life support. But you win that, you can sit there and say, okay, three and five, you have a lighter schedule coming up, maybe you can turn things around. To lose that game the way they did there, now they're two and six, and it just kind of feels like uh, all the air kind of got left out of the balloon in that game. You know, you mentioned the season kind of being on life support. What has been the biggest reason for that? They were This was a playoff team a year ago, and I know they've dealt with injuries. Is it as simple as that, or is there some other disconnect? Yeah, and it's like a, it's kind of been a perfect storm or all the cliches. Like it's a kind of a Murphy's Law type season, too, where like the head's been the injuries, no doubt about that. Andrew Thomas, all pro left tackle. Um, he hurt his hamstring literally on the first series of the uh, opener. They drove down, kicked a field goal. It got blocked. He was chasing the guy who ended up returning for a touchdown for Dallas, and he pulled his hamstring. Maybe that should have been a sign of how things were about to go, <laughs> uh, losing your left tackle in that fashion. So he's been out. He might come back on Sunday for the first time. He missed seven games. Uh, Daniel Jones, of course, has missed three games. Uh, Saquon Barkley missed three games. So certainly injuries have been part of it, but it doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, they did play a brutal schedule coming out of the gates. I mean, a bunch of teams that were in the playoffs last year, a bunch of teams that are, you know, legit Super, Super Bowl contenders this year. That didn't help. But they've also just played terribly, um, especially on offense. The defense is all of a sudden these last three weeks. It looks like, you know, uh, the best defense in the league all of a sudden. But offensively, 
they have just not looked good. Other than basically the second half of that Arizona game where they uh, had the improbable comeback there in week two. Other than that, it's just kind of been a mess. Now that's injuries, but when Jones has been in the lineup, it didn't look great. When Tyra Taylor came in, they still didn't put up any points. So um, it's, it's been surprising. I thought they would regress this year. I do not think they'd regress to what we've seen on the field. I mean, it's, it's, it's really been eye-opening to see how far they've fallen from that, that great success they had last year, which kind of caught everyone by surprise. It's equally a surprise to me that they're this bad so far this year. Talking all things Giants right now with Dan Duggan from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Daniel Jones coming back. How big of a boost or a shot in the arm is that for the offense that is obviously, like you mentioned, struggling to score this season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a boost. But, again, like they, they just haven't they haven't looked good at any point. Even when he was playing, uh, I think Andrew Thomas and him coming back might help because the one thing I would say in, in Jones' defense, the offensive line was terrible for most of the time. Uh, he was getting just killed and obviously ended up getting him hurt. Um, so that, that was definitely a big part of it, I think getting those two guys back. And the Saquon got hurt at the end of that week two game against Arizona. So the, the three games after that, Jones played without Thomas and Saquon. So having all three of those guys back, that helps. So then, of course, the guy you guys are familiar with, you know, on the injury list, Darren Waller's not going to play. So they can't get their full they can't get the full team together. That kind of is what it is. Um, so, no, I think it should definitely uh, provide a boost in getting those guys back and healthy. I mean, it's really funny. I wrote something today where – they signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million contract in March. And here we are like eight months later, and it feels like the future is still unsettled. So these next nine games are really important for him. Because if they finish with a top three, top five pick, it's what they're on track for right now. There's no guarantee he remains the quarterback here, even despite signing that contract. So he has a lot uh, on the line here where, you know, if he wants to remain the Giants quarterback long-term, which you would have thought that contract would have taken care of, he needs to go and perform. And the team needs to win some games, but they're not picking, you know, second or third. If they're picking 12th, it's a lot harder to go get one of those quarterbacks, and he probably does buy himself at least another year. So he needs to have some big performances down the stretch. He's got a guy named or number 98 for the Raiders that's going to be chasing him, trying to make his his lay miserable. What do you look at as far as the offensive line for the Giants? How, how concerning is it that Max Crosby is going to be screaming off the edges trying to get after Daniel Jones? Yeah, well, I think the, the most concerning part is, you know, a lot of times, at least in the old days, edge rusher is the best guy would always be on the blind side. And if you had Andrew Thomas back, you'd feel pretty good. But as far as I understand, Crosby's always against the right tackle. So that's a problem no matter what. Um, because Evan Neal, he could be back. He's, you know, number seven pick in last year's draft, but he has not uh, played well at all. So either he's back and you're hoping maybe the light finally comes on, but he's missed the last two games with an ankle injury. Or it's his backup, Tyree Phillips, you know, just kind of a journeyman. So, Either way, that's a really tough matchup. I promise that that has been the focus in the uh, game planning this week. I'm sure there'll be a tight end helping all day. I'm sure there'll be running backs chipping. I'm sure they'll be rolling Jones out away from whatever they can do because obviously he is a game wrecker, and they're well aware of that. But, yeah, the offensive line has been a sore spot, but now maybe they, this could be the game they finally have, you know, Neil back, Thomas back. There's Senator John Michael Schmitz missing games. Like they could finally have the group that they thought they would have going into the season on the field. So you'd hope that provides some stability, but certainly – uh, that's that's a matchup that they will have circled. It's, it's a major concern, and, and again, I think they just need to let him not wreck the game. He's obviously <laughs> going to make an impact. He's a great player. They just can't let him just be off and, and ruin the game. Again, Dan Duggan from The Athletic is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So on the defensive side of things, you mentioned how they're playing really well, and I'm a big uh, guy that respects Wink Martindale. I really do respect him and, and his defensive, you know, just his ability to get this defense to hum. That's what they're doing. What do you expect? Uh, the Raiders have a, a rookie quarterback, and Aiden O'Connell going to get the start. Uh, what do you expect Wink Martindale to do? Is he kind of like licking his chops right now at the opportunity to send pressure from everywhere? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's kind of wink every game. But, no, it was funny. I was watching that Monday night game, and I'm seeing Jimmy G 
you know, kind of turtling in the pocket. And I was like, wow, Wink is going to unleash the hounds on this guy. Um, so, obviously, you bench him, but then you put a rookie fourth-round pick, and that's not a bad consolation prize if you're trying to think we're going to see off on a quarterback. Obviously, inexperienced quarterback, inexperienced play caller. I mean, this is a tough defense for the best of quarterback and play callers to, to kind of match with, with. So, yeah, I would be very surprised if they do anything but kind of send, send the kitchen sink at him and see what he can handle. I mean, obviously, you can always adjust if need be. Uh, but that's, that's kind of like that. He gets off the bus listening. So I, I don't think that would change, certainly going at the rookie quarterback. And, you know, obviously with the weapons, uh, Vegas says, you need to get some pressure on him because, you know, Devontae Adams would be a mismatch. And I, my assumption, and I'm sure that I think Winky even said this, they're probably going to try and get the ball at number 17. I know that was kind of a source of frustration uh, with the past regime and with Garoppolo in there. So uh, if I'm a rookie quarterback, I'm going to look at him as much as possible. And I know the Giants are expecting that. So the best way to uh, kind of win that matchup is just don't let him get back there to throw it. What is it about Wink Martindale where he's able to get the most out of his players? I mean, he has just this kind of dynamic personality. Um, there's just like a swagger to him. He's like, he is out of central casting for like a defensive coordinator. He's got like that Rex Ryan type mojo. It's a little, little more toned down. He's not quite as bombastic, but he just certainly has a way about him. I mean, even the look, he always has the, the cutoff sleeves with the, with the white undershirt. And uh, just something about him. He, he players just gravitate to him. And I also think it's, you know, that only gets you so far. That's a good first impression. I think some people almost underestimate his intelligence, though, just because he kind of heads is like, oh, he's like a swashbuckling type guy. But like, no, he's obviously very smart and is really good at breaking down how to exploit weaknesses in pass protection. Like, he does that as, as well as anybody I've ever seen. He'll do things where he only sends four rushers, but two of them be unblocked because the line shifted the complete wrong way and guys are coming off the other side. Like, he's so good at that. So I think when players get in that system, he kind of emboldens them because they're like, they know they're going to get some great chances to, you know, get some sacks, uh, make big plays. So I think, and then just his personality feeds into that. Like, he just does a really good job kind of building a culture uh, in, in his defensive room because the defense was really bad early in the year and nobody jumped ship. I mean, again, they've been literally the best defense in the league last three weeks. They've given up 11 points a game. Um, so clearly they all bought in and no one was kind of questioning him when things were getting a little rocky early in the year. And the Raiders aren't scoring very many points. So, boy, this is going to be a hell of a matchup come Sunday, right? A defense is playing really well and an offense is struggling to score some points. Uh, and then, of course, the Giants, they haven't been scoring either. So, I mean, yeah, it should be a battle to maybe seven, right? The, whoever scores a touchdown maybe could uh, win this game come Sunday. But uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence, they've been playing really well on that Giants defensive line, especially Thibodeau. What, what have you seen from him? I mean, I liked him a lot coming out of Oregon. What has been so – what has, like, clicked for him this year? It's interesting. It's like last year, he only had four and a half sacks, and that was kind of like a disappointment. But I kind of thought down in, down out, he might have been almost better. I think the real difference this year, he's just finishing. He's just getting sacks. Like, I don't know that he's taking his game to this crazy level, but hey, at the end of the day, you guys get paid, you guys get judged off of sacks, and he's got, I think it's eight and a half of them right now. So that's obviously uh, tremendous production. He has three against the Jets. He's really hit his stride here the last couple of games. He's got, I think, that six and a half uh, the last couple of games. So he's definitely picked it up. But as far as down in, down out, you, the other guy you mentioned is the problem. Dexter Lawrence is just a monster. He has 15 pressures as a nose tackle against the Jets. They literally went through three centers. He, he basically dog-walked a couple of them. They got hurt. I mean, he is just an absolute monster. He's 350 pounds. You should not be able to move the way he moves at 350 pounds. So he's the guy that can just disrupt everything. You just don't really see it from that position, from men his size that can just take over games. But he is that good. I mean, the, the only thing that's interesting, they did trade Leonard Williams uh, out to Seattle this week. So... That was a really good tag team in the middle. I'm, I'm sure teams uh, were already doubling Dex. They're just going to double him even more, but it, it still hasn't really proven to stop him. So, uh, yeah, him and Thibodeau have formed a really nice duo 
Um, but if I was circling one of those guys, like what I was talking about Max Crosby, I'd actually start with Lawrence because he's just he's right in the middle, so he can just collapse that pocket in no time. And he's been playing at an incredible level, even if he doesn't have the sack production that Kayvon does. I thought the Giants got really good draft capital in return from Seattle for Leonard Williams. What was the determining factor that made him expendable? And honestly, just a record. You know, it's like you're, you're sitting there two and six. As much as you want to say the season's not over, I think if you're the GM, you have to look at it realistically. And, hey, if we can get a second-round pick for a guy who is on an expiring deal, they obviously weren't going to bring him back. I mean, they just paid Dexter Lawrence big money. You can't pay top dollar to two defensive tackles for too long, at least, because, you know, the cap will get out of whack there. And so basically what they did, they just paid, spent $9 million to get a second-round pick. You know, because Leonard Williams, the reason why I thought he might not be traded is he had $10 million left on his salary. He had a huge contract. So no team was going to just trade straight up for that. So then it basically was like, Probably every million dollars that pick moved up around, moved up around. They paid five million, maybe they get a fifth round pick. They were willing to basically pay all of the remaining salary, but the minimum. And that enticed Seattle to just say, okay, then we'll do a second round pick for that because basically they're getting a really good player for a veteran minimum contract in midseason. That's hard to come by, but obviously the cost of that was second round pick. And from the Giants' perspective, I think that's smart because listen, the money's getting spent either way. You can spend it on watching Leonard Williams play out a season that's going nowhere. Or you can invest it in the future and get a second-round pick for a team that you know clearly uh, has some ways to go in their their rebuild. Attention is in the details right there. I'm glad you broke that down because I, I did not realize that the Giants were still paying that much of his salary, and that makes a whole lot more sense based off of what they were right. able to get in return from the Seattle Seahawks. Again, Dan Duggan from The Athletic is our guest here uh, talking all things G-Men. Just got a couple more questions for you. Here in Vegas, Ja'Korian Bennett is the Raiders' fourth-round pick, cornerback uh, out of Maryland. His teammate, the first-round pick, Deontay Banks, is there in New York. What have you seen from that youngster so far this year? Yeah, no, he's been um, – it's funny. He started training camp, and it was like, oh, boy. Like, he had a rough first week or two of camp. And, and you know, it's not all that common for a rookie cornerback to have a little struggle with adjusting, but it was definitely a little uh, alarming. And then ever since then, he's really settled down. And once we've gotten to the season, he's played at a pretty high level. And I think the biggest thing is, listen, you're a rookie corner. You're going to give up some catches. You're going to have some moments. But um, they trusted him last week with a Dory Jackson on the roster. Dude, he was the guy who followed Garrett Wilson around all game for the Jets. That's the first time they've done that. There's been other games where they've matched up, but uh, for a team like the Jets, with a clear number one wide receiver, and they put beat Banks on that assignment. And now, look, it was a competitive matchup. Garrett Wilson was a really good receiver. Uh, he got him a few times, but overall, I think Banks was very competitive in that matchup. Now my question is, is that going to be the M.O. going forward? Because I would love to see him have to line up against Devontae Adams for 60 snaps on Sunday. I don't know if that's the best approach. Like Maybe they go back to just playing sides. Maybe they mix it up a little bit. Um, but, no, for a rookie corner, again, he's going to give up some catches and everything. But you, he is he has all the, the physical skills. He has the mental makeup you want from a corner. Like He doesn't back down from anything. Like He's very confident. So he's a guy I think that they're very high on. I think he has you know cornerback one potential, and you're already seeing flashes of it. So it's exciting to see. Especially when you get to this point in the season with a team like this, you want to see where they go from here, and he's a guy I think you feel good about the future with. I'll tell you what, you read my mind. I sure would love to see that matchup all Sunday afternoon. I'm good with that. <laughs> Banks on, on Adams, that would be fantastic. I mean, what better way to get better, right, than go up against a guy like that a week after going up against Garrett Wilson? I mean, I think that that's fantastic. I, I would love to see that as long as he's got the confidence because, I mean, he's going to get beat a few times, but he's probably going to make a few plays as well. So, Dan, as we close things out, if the Giants are going to lose this game, like if they have an Achilles heel, something that the Raiders could look at and say, okay, we could take advantage of them there, what would it be? Well, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, yeah. that's what feels like a, feels like a safe bet. I mean, the Giants' <laughs> last three games, 14-9, 14-7, 13-10. Not exactly lighting up the scoreboard. So, obviously, you get in a close game, anything can happen. You talk about Achilles heel, like, 
if they can get some turnovers because the, the Giants defense, I just don't see them giving up a lot of points to, you know, the, the rookie quarterback right. and, the, and the first-time play caller. So I, I, I'd be very surprised if they give up a lot of points. But if, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, he, he hasn't played in a couple weeks now, he goes back and there's a strip stack by Crosby. If he, you know, forces something and Marcus Peters obviously can, can take it to the house, something like that. Like, I think that would probably be the key. And then here's a real kind of deep cut sort of X factor. Graham Gano, who has been their automatic, you know, Pro Bowl level kicker the last couple of years, he's out for the season. He's been, he was trying to battle through a knee injury; it wasn't working out. So then they went out and they signed Cade York off the Titans practice squad, who was the uh, the fourth round pick. I think it was the Browns last year, and he was kind of a disaster. They cut him. So now you bring that guy in here. He kind of seemed like he had some mental issues in, in preseason where he was thinking too much and, and, and didn't perform well and gets cut. What if this game comes down to a kick late and, and, and this kid who they just signed is going to be wearing like number 99 has to go out there and, <laughs> and try and make a, make a kick in crunch time? I'm not joking, he's going to wear 99 because all the numbers are gone from 0 to 19, which is a, a different story. But that would that, be fitting. For the way things have gone for this team, like I said, kind of Murphy's lost season, they end up with this guy just out of a practice squad having to make a big kick to maybe win or lose the game. That, that feels like it would be a fitting way for this one to end. How college football is that going to look? A kicker roll out there with the number 99 on the jersey. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. I, I look forward to that. I actually hope that that is what shakes out. Well, finally, for the Giants to win this game, what do they have to do? Almost like the flip side, just take care of the ball. Because, I mean, look, I'm familiar with Patrick Graham. really like him as a guy and the coach. But you know, they're going to do that kind of bend but break don't break defense. I've seen, like, even just the stats ahead, like, they don't give up big plays. That's kind of always been his M.O., but I think the Giants should be able to run the ball. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think the Rays have a great run defense, nope. and, you know, Saquon, has, since he's come back from injury, they're absolutely running him into the ground. He had, like, 36 carries last week, which is absurd. Wow. So I think that they're going to lean on that as much as they can. Again, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game, but if they take care of the ball, I, again, I really think their defense is going to hold the Raiders to, like, 10 points less. I just think they're playing so well. Um, that's my expectation. So I think if you just kind of take care of the ball and just, you know, run it and just you know, have no crazy turnovers or anything like that, because, again, that, that's the type of stuff that can lose games like this. I'm sure the Rays are going to come out super charged up. Obviously, we're familiar with Antonio Pierce around here, and I know he's an emotional guy, and there's usually a little bit of a bounce the team gets. I know Dr. Mm-hmm. Daniels wasn't the most popular guy out there, so I know players are going to probably be inspired to come out and play. So, you know, kind of withstand whatever that early energy is when that wears off and then just kind of, just be play a conservative game, run the ball, let your defense kind of take you home, and I, I, I think that's the recipe for a victory. Yeah, I'm not feeling like it's going to be a shootout on Sunday, that's for sure. <laughs> that would surprise me. <laughs> that's for sure. Dan, fantastic stuff, my man. What are you uh, working on that we should be on the lookout for? Maybe Raider Nation could get a little bit more background on the Giants. Yeah, I mean, just go on the athletic. I mean, I've kind of just been, been documenting this this season that's been quite interesting. I said today I wrote a story about how Daniel Jones, believe it or not, like his future's kind of hanging in the balance over these next nine weeks, which is not something we ever thought would be the case. So, yeah, you can you can check that out. And then, obviously, uh, I'll have you all covered from the game on Sunday if you want to get get a taste of what, how the other side reacts. It probably might not be the best game, but it's kind of an interesting game. So it'll be kind of fun to see how it plays out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting on both sides, that's for sure. Well, fantastic stuff, man. I really appreciate you making some time for us this afternoon. Thanks so much, and we'll catch up soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Absolutely. There he goes. Dan Duggan right there from The Athletic talking all things G-Men as uh, it's going down. It is going down on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You hear everyone fired up. Buffalo Wild Wings is where we're at. Happy birthday, Q. There it is. Look at that. We are fired up. We're having a good time. It's a good time to have a good time. Come on down here and hang out with us, 6640 North Durango. It don't get no better than that. Jared. I know you mad, man. You're, at the, you're in the home studio. You ain't doing nothing. You're looking at the walls, man. 
I was going to request that you send me, you know, you send one of those uh, $10 uh, pitchers my way and see what's going on. No, nah, man, we ain't going to do that, man. You got to come down here to have a $10 <laughs> pitcher. Work is already, man. You're at, you're at the job anyway. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> but come on down here. We got a couple prizes left, man. Everything's been going quick, fast, and hurry. So there you go. That's what happens. When it's my birthday, I give stuff away. So that's how we roll, right? That's the only way to do it, right? It's you, the only way to do it. You are a gentleman. I don't know yeah. about a scholar. <laughs> you know what's funny? about? I already mentioned that, but earlier when Vice Raider got here, I asked him, I said, hey, man, what are you doing uh, later on? He was like, oh, I'm going to Katy Perry. But what I heard was I'm going to get married. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> You're going to get married today? Right now? Again. To who? Like, like, wait, hold on. Where did this come from? Like, that's not just something that you do. Like, you don't just decide, like, I'm going to wake up and be like, you know what I'm going to do today? Nah, I'm gonna go get married. I got a 6:30 tea time, then a dentist appointment, and then I think if I, I mean, if I have time, I might go get married. Yeah, I'm gonna go get married today. I was like, wh- I said, what? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, no, Katy Perry. And I was like, okay, all right, that makes a whole lot more sense than you're gonna go and get married. That would have been, uh, that would have been something. But hey, you know what? This is the place to do it. If you're gonna do it, if you're gonna plan it out like that, you're in the right place. <laughs> There is no doubt. One quick text on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword r This is Nash from Houston. Optimistic about this week, but feel like Antonio Pierce may be the OG. He can't play the OG. And I don't see and I don't see AP making any tackles either. Team still has to tackle and block. I want AP and Champ Kelly to succeed. Want a reset, not a rebuild. Let's go Raiders play with bad intentions. That's Nash from Houston and that's the thing about it. There's a there's a uh, excitement, there's a buzz, you know, brewing when it comes to, to the Raiders and what they could do with Antonio Pierce. But like Nash just said, he can't go out there and he's not going to make the tackles. He's not going to, you know, be the, the, the middle linebacker of that defense. Uh, he can't block and stop stop uh, Wink Martindale from sending the dogs after Aiden O'Connell. I mean, he can do everything he can. You know, he said it himself. Uh, you know, the players got to go out there and play. And Lincoln Kennedy says it all the time. Coaches coach, players play. But I like what Paul Gutierrez said, and then we'll take a break. He said it when we were talking to him that Mark Davis wanted a leader, right? And I know we've had a lot of members of Raider Nation call in. Hardcore Raiders called it in multiple, multiple times and said the Raiders need a leader, a leader, a leader. And then we heard, uh, you know, we had the call saying it, it would be better to not have a coordinator as the head coach. Instead, have a leader, have a true CEO. And I really do feel like that that's kind of the direction that, you know, this team probably needs to go. More than anything, what they really need is not a hot shot coordinator, not you know, not the, the 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 great name. They need someone who's got great leadership skills, and that very easily could end up being who Antonio Pierce is. So uh, something to think about. But thank you so much, Nash, for that text. I do appreciate you. Three twenty six is the time. Again, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings, sixty six forty North Durango. Come on by here, get hooked up. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Antonio Pierce. You're going to hear from Patrick Graham and Bo Hardegree as we met with them earlier today at the Mountain Health Performance Center. This is Rainish Radio nine twenty. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, live from Buffalo Wild Wings. 6640 North Durango is the spot, Buffalo Wild Wings. We go to a different Buffalo Wild Wings each and every Friday. This time again, North Durango is the location. We'll be here till 5 o'clock. Make sure you come out and hang out with us. Uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, we'll hear from uh, head coach Kim Mulkey of the LSU Lady Tigers, defending national champions. They'll be here in Las Vegas on Monday for the Hall of Fame series that's going on. They're taking on Colorado, who, by the way, Colorado's a really good team. So we'll talk to Coach Kim Mulkey coming up at 4 o'clock. But we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Let's go out to the phone line. Let's talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's happening? 
Happy Chilling. birthday, Q. Q. Thank Pop. you, brother. You know what I'm saying? My son's birthday is next Thursday, and we'll be at the Raiders Tavern and Grill from 6 until you go to Westwood to come party with us. You know what I'm saying? And also, what I want to say is you see the um, excitement and the vigor that done, that done came since the um, coach changed since we brought in Pierce yep. and got rid of the former coach. You know what I'm saying? All that is showing that it's still here. You know what I'm saying? The season is still ahead of us. Just like Devontae said, it's still a lot of football to be played. You know what I mean? We're not even halfway. Well, we're barely halfway through the season. What, we mm-hmm. done played eight games? Yeah. We got 17 games. You know what I'm saying? We're not even – even if before the 17 games, we just be at the halfway point. We're not even really at the halfway point. You know what I'm saying? And the excitement is validated because we got a real leader now. We got a real Raider from the land. You know what I'm saying? He's from the land. He's from L.A. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to see the difference. You know what I mean? And also, I want to say um, everybody keep talking like the division is like out of reach. Kansas City just lost. They play Miami this week. They can lose again. I think they're going to lose again. So what? They're going to be what? Six and three? Yep. If we win, we'll be what? Four, Four and, and five. five. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that sounds good to me. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm talking about. Raider Nation, and to the new Raider fans, this is what it means to be a Raider fan. You got to go through the grit and the grind. You got to have the intestinal and the mental fortitude to be a Raider fan. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Raider fans are ready to jump ship because of the last couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? But Mark Davis came in. He, he wrecked shop. He put his foot He put his foot down and wrecked shop and, you know, made some changes, got the nation back, you know, back feeling good, and we got a chance. You know what I'm saying? That's what it means being a Raider. And it, it, it ain't like being another fan. You got to have a mental and intestinal fortitude to go through this. You know what I'm saying? Last time the Raiders won a Super Bowl, I was nine years old. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never rooted for another team in my life, and it's going to stay silver and black till I die, and that's how we all got to be. You know what I'm saying? Happy birthday, Q. You know what I'm saying? Q Pac, do your thing. You know what I'm hey. saying? And represent for the Raider Nation because we pumped up. And I wish I could be there this Sunday, but I ain't, I'm going to be there next Sunday against the Jets. But um, everybody that's going to be there, represent for me, represent for Violet, represent for everybody else, all the real Raider fans, and show out. Let them know this is Raiders or nothing, and this is our house. We must protect this house. You know what I'm saying? Keep it gangster, y'all. Raiders! And I'm gone. There he is, Gangster Raider right there. Good stuff. Definitely appreciate you. And like I said, man, I wish your son a happy birthday ahead of time. I know it's not till next week, but still, uh, you can never say happy birthday too many times. I think that's awesome. And I'll, I'll say this. I think that Gangster brought up a really good point about Mark Davis and, and, and getting the, the, the fan base back together and rallying the fan base. I hope everyone appreciates Mark Davis. And I know everyone doesn't. But I hope that you start to get a little bit more appreciation for him, the owner, because he – has shown by multiple actions that he wants to win. He's tried to do things multiple different ways. As Paul Gutierrez has said, he, he said right after his father passed away, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. So it's not like he's just got some toy and he's, he's in the garage tinkering with it. You know what I mean? Like You know there's always people that have something and they just go out there and mess with it even though they don't know what the hell they're doing? No, he's trying to put the right people in the right position to – Take this franchise where it needs to be and get it back to being a winning franchise. Does it always work? No, obviously. You know, he thought he had something with with Gruden and and the long-term deal that he gave him to have the consistency and let John Gruden build it because he's a football mind, build it in in his image. Obviously, we know how that shook out. Okay, so let's try something else. And he did. And obviously, that didn't work out. But for him to know that there were so many years left, he gave Coach McDaniels a six-year deal. 
to know that there was so much time left on that deal and still decide to say, you know what, I know that I was comfortable with them having three years to get this thing turned around, but it's not getting better. It's regressing. So I'm going to go ahead and pull the plug. We're going to get this guy in here who, can, who I believe could be a leader after talking to people in the locker room, and we're going to let him see what he can do. And we're going to start working on getting this thing where it needs to be. And I'll tell you, if there's one sign that is something that you should kind of hang your hat on to know that he is committed to getting this right, all you have to do is look at the little sisters. And I say little sisters, I do not say that disrespectfully, but just look at the aces and look what he was able to do. He went out and spent top dollar, top dollar. And, and you know, there's always the national pundits that always say, oh, the Raiders can't afford this, Raiders can't afford that, Raiders can't do this, Raiders can't do this, Mark Davis this, Mark Davis that. All that is absolute BS, absolute. And he went out and he spent the money to bring in the best coach at the opportunity, and that was Becky Hammond. And he's been back-to-back champions. And that's all he wants for this organization. I know that for a fact. Without spending time with him, I can tell you that. So to know that he's going to exhaust every effort he can to get this organization where it is, and for all the people that were screaming and yelling at him and putting up signs and this, that, and the other, to understand that he heard you, he heard you, and it might not have been the setting. It might not have been the way that, that you know, it, it probably should have been, you know, expressed. Right? I said that from the jump that, you know, there's ways to express things without, you know, having someone shut down or someone, you know, being turned off because you're coming at them, you know, sideways. Like no one wants to be yelled and screamed at. That's just, na- that's just human nature. But just think that he did a hell of a job and think that we all should appreciate what he did. And, and now you can feel the energy and you can feel the excitement. You can feel what people are feeling about the organization. You know, we're here in Raider Nation. I'm flying in this weekend. I'm driving in this weekend. I'm in town already, right? I mean, it's just, it's just different. And, again, that doesn't mean that it's going to be wins on Sunday. But you could tell that Raider Nation has a, a weight lifted off their shoulders. Hell, I have a weight lifted off my shoulders. And it's not about me. But it's just everybody, right? Everyone in the media room, the coaches. Like Coach Pierce told us today, you guys – Covering us, you guys need to have a smile on your face as well. It's just different, and I think it should be refreshing. I think everyone should take a minute to understand what Mark Davis did and how he's trying to rally the troops. And when I mean the troops, I'm not talking about the team, I'm not talking about the coaches, I'm talking about the fans. I'm talking about Raider Nation. Let's go out to Bernard. Bernard, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Um, did they say it was your birthday today? I think I caught that on the end. Since yeah, 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 yeah. Right on, man. Blessings to you, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, man. it. You, you're a hardworking brother, man. <laughs> um, hey, Q, um, we, I heard what you just said about Mark Davis, and I, I think, you know, um, we all do think – well, at least I, I think he's trying to do, do a good job. I think the, the one thing that I that kind of I have a concern with is some of his decision-making, and I don't know what goes into him hiring, hiring the coaches. And you said uh, just a few minutes ago, like it's Antonio Pierce sounds different, breath of fresh air. I, we kind of had that feeling when they hired Josh, Josh McDaniels, but still with a little bit of reservation. At least I did. I didn't really like to hire wholeheartedly. But, you know, just like with Garoppolo, right, he was like, man, he the, he the quarterback of the Raiders, so we're going to support him right. through, through thick and thin. Okay? I feel like that any coach they hire, any players to give, we might not like them. But if they're on the Raiders, man, we're going to support them. For sure. Uh, a lot like what Gangster Raiders just said, hey, we you know, we're going to be here through thick and thin. So, and I'm, I'm here with that. But I just hope. Um, what I got from that press conference is is one thing I would do if I was the owner of Mark Davis, I would hire Champ Bailey. I'd give him take the intern tag off him like right now, man, because he's been there with the staff, the scouting, and all that. 
I think that would be the smartest thing he can do. Now, if he wants to get another coach, regardless of how well Antonio um, Pierce does, because there's a lot of good candidates that's probably going to be available, and I know they have to go through all the, you know, the interviewing process and so forth. But man, give Champ give Champ Kelly that that job right now. And I just I know he's not like his pops, but man, just this recycling of coaches, man, like every you know every couple of years, it just gets so draining as a fan. And I think with Champ Kelly there. Get a man that's there that we know he's coveted because I hate for them to not give him that, that job and then he goes somewhere else because it seems like he's a real coveted, uh, talented guy. And you've said that multiple times. Yeah. He interviewed for the job before before uh, Ziegler. Yep. So that's just one thing I take away from it. And it is a breath of fresh air. Antonio Pierce, I love him as a player. And it's just something about him. I just wonder if he has enough experience. But, you know, we'll never know unless you know they hire him. But I'm interested to see and excited to see him finish off this season. And I'm glad our players are, you know, feel like they're they're rejuvenated. We don't know what's going to happen these next 17 games, but I know they're better than their record, even though they're always saying you are what your record is. You know, I think Parcells said that. But the Raiders got too much talent to be to be 3-5. and five. So, you know, we're going to root for them until the, until the last game of the season, and we, we see what happens. But, man, give Champ, uh, Champ Kelly that job right now, and I think that'll set the, the, the groundwork, you know, moving forward. Hey, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And I think that, you know, nobody's going to be, you know, given anything permanent right now. And I don't think that you really want anyone to get anything permanent right now. You, and that's not a smart business. You want everyone to earn what they get. And I believe Champ Kelly will have an opportunity to earn it. And I think he's going to do everything he, he can. And he's very well respected across the NFL. But Mark Davis is in no hurry to, to make any kind of permanent changes. Right. Let's let's see what it looks like before everyone kind of rushes the judgment and decides what's going to happen. And that that's been kind of I don't want to say part of the problem, but he's had a lot of advisors. He had a lot of people talk to him, you know. And sometimes he gets really good advice, and sometimes he doesn't. So he's you know he's he's going to work on it. And I think the best thing to do is not make a a quick decision. Just slow your slow your roll. It's November third. <laughs> You've got nine weeks, uh, nine games still, right, including Sunday. And you got the offseason. I mean, you got plenty of time to make these kind of decisions and uh, give give Champ Kelly and everyone else an opportunity to earn their job. But thank you so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Let's go out to the let's go out to Berkeley, man. I haven't heard from this guy in a long time. Raider Fish, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Happy birthday with the F. Happy birthday, <laughs> right on, baby. You know we put an F in that. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know I don't. I just picked up. I've been out of the way, out of the loop, out of everything. I don't even know what we're talking about, but I did hear from <laughs> Gangster Raider. I tuned in. He said, hey, it's your birthday, so happy birthday. Are we talking about anything specific? Or he just want me to say something that's on my mind? Or what are we doing, Q? Well, it's, it's been a minute since you called in, so just say what's on your mind, man. I mean, you know what it is. Antonio Pierce is the head coach. You know that uh, he's going to be out there. Aiden O'Connell is going to be starting on Sunday against the G-Man. What's on your mind with it? Okay, well, the first thing off the T.O.P. of the Dome is Mark Davis said something the other day that resonated with me, and I've been wanting him to say it for a long time. And I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to misquote Mr. Davis. Something to the effect of, I don't want Pierce to coach. I want him to lead. Yeah. We have assistants and coordinators, and that's the flavor that I think we've been missing for a long time is we want someone to inspire and lead right now. I think, you know, sometime last year, Jimmy's and Joe's time 
We can do X's and O's later. You get too caught up in X's and O's, you lose the locker room. People are tuned out. But when you focus on the players and the personnel, we have a saying at Berkeley, you know, people over-program sometimes. And mm-hmm. that's where we are. My expectations is to see the Raiders as a whole enjoying themselves. I know it sounds cliche, but it's very important that the visible, the visibleness of it is that we're out there having fun, we're enjoying ourselves, and then good things start to happen. So uh, I, I, it's, good. it's like I'm talking to a family member, man. I've been out of the loop for a long time. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try to get back on my PG, baby. But uh, happy birthday, and uh, hey, show up, show out, and holler, just win, baby, when you go out. There he goes, Raider Fish in Berkeley, man. It's been a long time since we heard from you, man. It's great to hear from you. And I was wondering if you're going to end that call just like that, and you did not disappoint. Thank you so much for the call. Thank you for the birthday wishes. We definitely appreciate you. Let me get one more quick call in. How about Big Jose in San Jose? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? My brother, feliz cumpleaños, homie. Hey, thank you, brother. Hey, I just want to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about Coach Pierce. And what he said about being NWA and being a Raider from L.A., I remember being on them road trips with my fam down to L.A. to watch them games. And that NWA vibe that he's talking about, man, that's a real thing. You know what I mean? The culture, yeah. the mindset, you know, the, the mentality and the attitude. It's, it's all one love, but it is a little gangster. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like for, for Raider Nation. And uh, I, was, I was really inspired by that, man. So without respect, I'm going to call him Coach Pierce. Another thing I want to comment on that I, want, I don't think is being celebrated enough is for the first time in the history of major league franchises, we have a person of color as the president, the general manager, and the coach, man. People like us, you know what I mean? Yeah. People of color, and that to me, that's, that's something to celebrate, man. And I like, I love that coach, that uh, Mr. Davis did that, so like, I'm going to give him extra props on that. And the one last thing I want to talk about, Q, real quick, is I usually don't fall for clickbait, but I fell for one, this one the other day because I, I just can't stand it no more. Here's the thing. Being in the Bay Area, man, there's this thing going around about new, I call them newly minted Raider fans, because they're talking about comparing, comparing Jimmy Garoppolo to Jamarcus Russell. And <laughs> I think that is the most dumb thing that you can put your name on. Because being in the Bay Area, all I've ever seen Jimmy Garoppolo do is win. Homeboy got three Super Bowl rings, played in three NFC championship games, and been in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? There's no way you can compare him to Jamarcus Russell, right? And I know he hasn't done well for us, but, I mean, I just had to say something about that, man, because that one got to me. I mean, let's, there's a, that saying that a little bit of intelligence is a dangerous thing. A little bit of information is a dangerous thing. And that, that's certainly where that one falls, man. But, anyways, I want to wish you again, Feliz cumpleaños, hermano. Have a great weekend, and let's go, Raider Nation. One love. There it is, Big Jose from San Jose. I love the fact that everyone's calling in. Everyone's fired up. Everyone's excited. The juice you can hear the juice in everyone's voices, man. That's that's what that's awesome. That's uh, hopefully Mark Davis is sitting back somewhere uh, in the back of the caddy, listening and just kind of like got a big smile on his face. Yeah, yeah, he drives a caddy, or he rides in a caddy. I should say, I drive a caddy. He rides in a caddy. It's different. There's different levels to this game. There's different levels to the game. Three forty-seven is the time. We'll take a quick break. Sixty-six forty North Durango Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot. The Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. 
This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, live from Buffalo Wild Wings. I would give you the location. I would tell you I'm at 6640 North Durango. Apparently, I don't need to tell anybody that. We got everybody in the building. We just had the happy hour, happy hour just roll in. I think every table in this uh, area has been moved. Every chair has been moved. Happy hour is being celebrated. Go on and make some noise, ladies. Go on. Oh, you guys could do better than that. You're celebrating Friday. Go on and make some noise. Don't worry. I ain't going to tell nobody you're here. I ain't going to tell nobody. There you go. There you go. We're having a celebration here. Dr. Jen's here. Dr. Andy's here. I ain't going to tell nobody else that that everybody's here. I ain't gonna tell, I'm blowing everybody's cover. They're like, damn. <laughs> I got to explain what happened. No, it's all good. We're having a good time. That's what we do. Let's go out to the phone lines, though. Let's talk to our guy, uh, Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Oh, man, hallelujah. Another good Sunday coming up that the Raiders got a winnable game. Man, I can't be more excited at the fact that the DNA of Al Davis definitely did not miss, and our buddy Mark did the right thing. There is one play in this game that I have finally freaking had it. And that was when it was, I think, third and two. And Jacobs couldn't have been 10 foot five waving his arms and gotten any more notice. Dude was wide open, and he went somewhere else. And I'm just like, that is it, man. If you can't be in, you, you can't be in this league as a quarterback, close your eyes after three seconds and not know where your receivers are supposed to be at on the field. Maybe right. not exactly, but you know who's up in the upper left. You know who's lower right. You know who the, the quick dump off is. And this week, that's something that AOC's got to have. He has to know where the hot read is because this defense is no slouch as far as getting pressure. Right. Man, I am excited about it, and I couldn't be happier with Mark Davis making the move that he did. And to you, my slice of carrot cake goes to you, buddy. <laughs> there you Happy go. You... Thank you. What, something else to everybody else in Raider Nation and, and around. It's high school playoff time, man. Go take somebody and go check out a game. Yes. Yes. I love it. Hey, great stuff, man. Great stuff. Great call. It's Raider David Denver right there. Carrot cake. He remembered. That's right. My dad used to get me the, uh, I think it was Oregon Farms. It was a frozen one. And it was, you go in the little freezer section and get it. And he used to put that thing out there, put some candles out. And that was my birthday cake every year. My, my dad made sure I had that uh, Oregon Farms uh, uh, that carrot cake. It was really good. So that was, uh, that was always my specialty. So there you go. Some things never die, right? Some things just never you never forget about them. So I don't know what it was about that cake. I don't know if it was the icing or what, but that thing was good. Little, it, wasn't, it wasn't even a big cake. Now you got me wanting a cake. <laughs> You're going right. to be running to the grocery store on the way home and just be like, you're going to be eating a cake during your show tonight. I don't even know if they still have those, to be honest. I don't even know if they still have them. I just, I think I, I'm on it. I'll look I, it up. Go ahead. There you go. Jared's on it. He's doing his thing in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Uh, definitely appreciate that call from Raider Dave. I uh, also got a text, and we'll get to the top of the hour. Uh, we got this one from Sir Whiskey Ray. 
Happy birthday, my friend. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And better yet, a Raiders win would be a great birthday present. My stepson also turns 11 today, so he's happy to know that someone's famous has the same birthday as him. All I want to say is just win, baby. Looking forward to this game. Coming up with a new head coach, Antonio Pierce. I believe he's bringing a new swagger to this team, which we desperately need. Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And happy birthday to your son, man. That's cool. I like that. That's really cool. And uh, believe me, I'm happy to know that I share a birthday with him. He doesn't have to worry about me. I'm happy to know that I share a birthday with him. That's really cool. Uh, Raider DJ Tone from PA said, Tony Tone from uh, PA. I just added that extra on there. Happy birthday to you, Q. Keep on rocking. Keep doing what you do. We love you. Appreciate you as always. That's awesome. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, Let's see. We got this text (laughs) from infamous Raider from Atlanta. Q, tell me you're not out there with money pinned to your shirt like some of these women do on their birthday. LOL. That would be funny. That would be funny. Maybe I should have done that. That could have been an idea, man. That could have been an idea. Could have had a could have had like a twenty dollar bill pinned to my pinned to my jacket just as a suggestion, like an open suggestion box. <laughs> you know that would have worked for me. Three fifty six is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to Raider twenty seven uh, hardcore. We'll try to get a couple calls in as we get ready to talk to head coach Kim Mulkey of the LSU Tigers. Her, uh, her team will be in town on Monday for the Hall of Fame series. It's all coming up in hour number three at Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.